The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. All right, on Monday, the federal government opened public consultation on how to proceed with a court ruling on medically assisted death. Last year, the Supreme Court of Quebec stated, quote, it was unconstitutional to allow only Canadians who are already near death to seek medical assistance to end their suffering. The federal government has agreed to eliminate the near-death requirement and has until March 11th to amend the law. Joining us this afternoon is Brad Peters with Dying with Dignity Canada. Brad, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, in just over 24 hours, like almost 40,000 people filled out the government's uh, new online survey uh, on this topic. And this is according to the Justice Minister's office. The survey received so many replies uh, that the government's website has been struggling to keep up. I went on there this afternoon, got on it, no problem. But are you surprised with that? I actually am surprised. Yeah, I mean, our organization has been sharing this broadly, obviously, um, and been sharing it broadly here in Alberta. Um, I was really surprised that it happened so quickly. So I'm I'm pleased to know that people are aware of the survey and that they're trying to have their voices heard. So I guess that's the most important part. And so before we get into this a little bit more, I just want a, a little bit of background or for for my for my listeners, um, and hope that you can provide that just on on some of the numbers. Um, medically assisted um, dying um, became legal in what 2016. Yeah, that's correct. In 2016. And since then, do you know how many Canadians, how many Albertans have accessed uh, medically assisted death? So the numbers uh, that we have right now suggest that almost 7,000 individuals across Canada have received medically assisted deaths. And uh, here in Alberta, the number is close to 950 individuals okay. have received a medically assisted death. Do you have any idea of, of how many um, folks have wanted to access it but weren't allowed to because of the criteria that you must meet? So one of the challenges is that provinces were collecting data uh, very differently. So we don't have consistent data yet across Canada in terms of how many people did not meet the eligibility criteria and the reasons for that. We do have some initial data um, and we do know that from the provinces that were collecting this information, the main reasons people wouldn't have qualified if they had applied for medically assisted death was that their natural death was not reasonably foreseeable and that's the piece that the Mm -hmm. survey is looking at and as well that they um, had lost mental competency Mm -hmm. so uh, that's another piece that the survey is looking at the ability to make a request in advance um we, I want to delve into that one, and we'll get to that when we break down some of the the, um, the other portions of this when you're looking at advanced requests and mature minors and that sort of stuff. But I wanted to ask you this first. Uh, the Justice Minister uh, was quoted, I think it was yesterday, saying that people, quote, people are generally comfortable now with the concept. And so my guess is we'll be able to move on to larger issues. How do you, how do you think beliefs around medically assisted, assisted death have changed over the past few years? What have you seen? I think the biggest shift we've seen is in the perspective of healthcare professionals. So uh, historically in Canada, public support has been very strong. 
uh, we've consistently seen, you know, even before legislation came out, overwhelming support for this type of legislation. Um, it was really with the healthcare professionals that took a while to come on side. Once legislation was passed, um, I think the biggest change is that generally healthcare professionals now are comfortable knowing that they or their colleagues can provide the service. And we even see now in uh, medical schools, like um, we've been invited to speak to second year med students mm. about this issue. So um, the conversations are happening now, which is really encouraging. Well, I think one of the one of the big problems is that for the most part, I don't think a lot of us are very comfortable talking about dying in general. Let you know <laughs> that, 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 that is a really difficult conversation for a lot of people to have. It's a huge cultural shift that we're slowly picking away at. Um, you know, here in Edmonton, we have meetings every two months with the public to talk about issues related to dying. And uh, I do feel like people are much more open now to having those conversations and they don't have to be had behind closed doors like they did before legislation uh, was available. Brad, do you, do you find that, that people change their minds on this uh, issue after they have gone through the death of a loved one? I think that's the biggest factor in um, making people aware of this issue. Um, given the nature of, of this issue, the folks that we work with, the people who come out to our meetings are generally people who were a primary caregiver for a loved one who probably had a death um, that didn't respect that individual's dignity or their autonomy. So, um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people have to go through that experience before their eyes are kind of open to the broader issues around um you know, death and our healthcare system. So, as as you mentioned, that that right now part of the criteria to to qualify is that death has to be foreseeable. It has to be you know, you know, coming down the road fairly. Uh, fairly quickly. It's been interesting. I, I've been I've been following a fellow on on Twitter over the past couple of months who is is dying. He's in, in he has stage four uh, cancer, but he's talking about his journey through all of this and and you know talking to his doctors it's doctors about it and you know about you know where he is and 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 where he is in in his dying process and and when he might set a date or not and 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 it's been fascinating. It's a it's a spotlight on something that very very few of us have uh, have been allowed into so I'm wondering right now Brad before we get into you know the possible changes here what we're looking at um, can, can you give us a, a guide a run through a breakdown of if I wanted to right now um, get a medically assisted death what process would I have to go through so in Alberta it's I and I, I don't mean this in a glib way, but it's as simple as calling 811, calling HealthLink. Mm. Um, all of those operators are trained to uh, take those calls and put you in touch with the medical aid and dying care coordination team. So uh, you do have to meet the federal eligibility criteria. So you have to be over 18. You have to have a grievous and irremediable illness in, a, in an advanced state of irreversible decline. Um, so there are those criteria. There is some paperwork that's filled out. There are two assessments by um, uh, separate uh, healthcare professionals, doctors or nurse practitioners. And there's also a 10-day waiting period after you've made your request. 
So it is a bit of a process, but in Alberta, we're very lucky that um, it's not a difficult process to access because, of course, in some cases, these can be quite urgent requests. Yeah, okay. Brad Peters with a Dying with Dignity Canada joining me this afternoon. Brad, can you hold the line? I need to take a, a break here and then I want to get into the possible changes to the law and what that looks like right afterwards, okay? Thank you. Thank you, Brad Peters, joining me this afternoon. We're talking about medically assisted death and the fact that the federal government opened public consultation on Monday on how to proceed with a court ruling um, from the Superior Court of Quebec. And it, it happened uh, late last year. It, it said it was unconstitutional to allow only Canadians who are already near death to seek medical assistance uh, to end their suffering. The federal government has agreed to eliminate the near death requirement and has until March 11th to amend the law. Uh, Brad Peters is with Dying with Dignity Canada. Brad, eliminating that near-death requirement, what is that going to do? What does that open up? Brad, are you still there? Hello, Brad. Hi, sorry, I'm here. Oh, no, no worries. (laughs) (laughs) The best thing that this does is it eliminates a lot of confusion. So, Um, This clause that the uh, federal government had in place says that in order to qualify for an assisted death, your natural death has to be reasonably foreseeable. And this has created a lot of confusion for assessors and providers because what does that really mean? It either means that you have a terminal illness, which the legislation also says you don't have to be terminal, or it's essentially nonsensical because to some degree, all of our natural deaths are reasonably foreseeable. Mm-hmm. So it's created a lot of confusion and, and uh, healthcare providers weren't necessarily interpreting uh, that clause in the same way. So I think it's a great move and I think it, it will eliminate confusion. I was reading an article today about a woman who is in great pain suffering from uh, fibromyalgia and she's she's not allowed, she can't, she can barely move anymore and she wants uh, a medically assisted death and um, and as you said not necessarily um, not allowed but the hoops to jump through a little bit more from her and she's a little frustrated because um, just on the timelines because she, she's like she said she made up her mind uh, a long time ago that this is what she's wanted. She has to wait uh, a little bit longer and there is a possibility that there could be an extension. When it comes to the timeline on this, how do you think that that is working, this March 11th timeline? Right. So the federal government may request an extension on this. Um, Interestingly, this year was a a uh, year where the federal government had already decided they were going to review uh, the federal legislation. So regardless of the case out of Quebec, the federal government government was planning on a review. Um, it is kind of nice that we now have a more urgent timeline, again, for folks like um, the individual you're talking yeah. about who could really benefit from a change to the legislation. So uh, the government also looking at, um, you know, dealing with a couple of other questions that um, that um, that this new law kind of leaves floating out there. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this about advanced requests. Can you give me an idea of what that what what that looks like right now and what it could look like if 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 we could do advanced requests on this? So currently you are unable to access medical aid in dying through 
an advance request. So you can't put this into your advance directive, your living will, um, because as part of the legislation, you have to be able to provide consent at the time of the procedure. Mm. So, of course, there's a, a large population of people who um, are facing conditions that would cause them to lose mental competency, like Alzheimer's, dementia, um, brain tumors, things like this. Mm. And they're saying, hey, we should, we should qualify um, under certain conditions as well. So what, what it could look like is, um, let's say an individual has been assessed and approved for medical aid in dying, and before the waiting period is up, they lose their mental competency. What could happen is those people may still qualify for an mm. assisted death. Okay, interesting. So, uh, Huh. Okay, and, and the mature minors aspect of this, because as you said, right now you have to be, what, 18, and, um, you know, they're, there's, they're looking at possible changes to this as well, and I know there's a lot of concern from a lot of people about, about children and medically-assisted death. Right, so currently you have to be 18, which means if you're uh, a 16-year-old um, suffering unbearably, you... Uh, do not qualify for medical aid in dying. And I think that's really what uh, we're looking at when we talk about mature minors are generally people um, 13 and over. Okay. That's probably where the government would go with this. And there are two jurisdictions across the world, um, the Netherlands and Belgium, who both have provisions in place to allow mature minors to access medical aid in dying. But of course, in those situations, there's additional safeguards and hoops that those individuals would have to jump through to qualify. So um, it's not necessarily the same as an adult accessing it. There are additional safeguards in place. Uh, Brad Peters with Dying with Dignity Canada joining me this afternoon. And, and this one, I think, might be, in my opinion, might be a little bit more tricky, a little bit more controversial. Um, but one of the other things that they're, they're, they're still, the government's still looking at and trying to figure out how to deal with is those dealing with mentally uh, with mental illness. Because from what I understand, uh, technically not forbidden right now, but it's very, very difficult to get um, an assisted death um, with mental illness. Yeah, so in, in this situation, we would say that um, it's an individual whose sole underlying condition is a mental illness. And, and you're right, it's not explicitly prohibited in the legislation, but because of some of the eligibility criteria, those individuals wouldn't necessarily qualify. Mm. And, and one of those eligibility criteria might be that reasonably foreseeable clause that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So um, from our organization's perspective, um, you know, we, we acknowledge that an individual's mental suffering is just as valid as another individual's mm. physical suffering. So I think we owe it to them to look at this legislation and, and, and see what we can do for those people. Uh, before I let you go, the, the Justice Minister and a couple other Cabinet Ministers will be holding consultations across the country. Are you going to be involved with that? Do you know if, you know, the, the, it'll be coming through Edmonton? Will, be there, will there be an opportunity to, for folks to, you know, speak in person to something like this? As I understand it, there will be in-person sessions. I was unable to find information on that online. So mm. um, what I do know is that if you are interested in filling out the online survey, that um, that will close on January 27th. So it is quite a short time frame yeah. to get your feedback in. All right, uh, Brad, always appreciate your time and appreciate this conversation on a, on a really important topic. I thank you for it. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much again, Brad Peters with Dying with Dignity Canada. Um, You have two weeks to voice your opinion on that if you so choose if you want to um again the website is is you know a hundred characters long so if you wanted to you could google uh, medically assisted uh dying survey and and it would come up and i i like i said i i was on there today and i pulled it up it's only a couple pages long they they outline uh the eligibility the criteria the request process right now and then they they ask you a number of questions and and your answers that you can give, you just check a box, not important at all, slightly important, important, fairly important, very important, and no opinion. And you do have an opportunity to, to write in some thoughts uh, as well. Again, it has been... Um, so busy it has overwhelmed the system a couple of times i had no problem getting on it this afternoon but you only have uh, a couple of weeks to do it i think it was january 27th and then the timeline um the federal government has been given until march 11th to uh, to amend the law on this to remove that to eliminate that near-death requirement